Hello everyone and welcome to the Remember a Charity podcast where we bring together fundraisers and friends from the sector and beyond to chat about all things related to legacies. So it's Remember Charity Week and we might be slightly biased but it's obviously our favourite week of the year. The perfect opportunity for the charity sector to celebrate gifts and wills and all the wonderful things they can help achieve for future generations. So this week we've got a couple of podcast specials, this being the first of them. And in this episode, we're going to take a bit of a sneak peek behind the scenes of Remember Charity Week to shine a light on the amazing work of our agencies and to give a little bit more insight into the planning and the delivery of the Awareness Week, along with some extra tips and advice. So we are joined today by our friends from Atomic London and Hope and Glory. Welcome, guys. And do you want to introduce yourself and explain briefly what you do? Uh, so Louise and Andy, if I can come to you first from Atomic. Yeah, great. Um, so I am Louise Rodaisky. I'm the Managing Director at Atomic London. Um, Atomic London is an independent creative agency. Uh, we have lots of different clients across lots of different sectors, um, but we've been working with Remember a Charity for well, in total, kind of even before Atomic, about 12 years. So a really long, <laughs> long lasting partnership. Um, but our, our role really um, in the kind of, you know, the, such a multifaceted campaign, there's so many different people involved, but really what we do um, at Atomic London is the strategic thinking to kind of get us to that creative um, communications that come off the back of that. So um, both for a member of charity, but also for the members um, themselves. So we have a kind of dual role in that sense. Great. Andy, what do you do at Atomic? <laughs> Yeah, so I look after the kind of operations and production arms uh, of the business. So all of the work that gets created is generated by uh, the production and operations teams, and whether that be market growth, market share work, uh, and everyone from producers, designers, and creatives um, through to the rollouts uh, of all the work that all the member charities would have seen. Great, thank you. And then over to Rachel from Hope and Glory. Hi, um, my name is Rachel and I'm an account manager at Hope and Glory PR. We're a consumer PR agency and we've been working with a member of charity on their PR throughout the year and of course a member of Charity Week, which we all very much look forward to. Our main role is getting a member of Charity Week in the media. So it talks about in print, online and also broadcast too. So that includes TV and radio. It's very much getting gifts and wills on the news agenda and trying to encourage um, readers and listeners to think about gifts and wills and including a gift in, in their will to charity. Great, thank you. I feel like someone we should mention who isn't here is Lisa. So <laughs> Lisa has been a huge part of the, of the campaign and the planning, um, but unfortunately she's on your annual leave. So if you're listening, Lisa, hello and thank you. <laughs> Shame you can't be here. Um, so kicking off the questions. Um, so, so firstly, for people who are listening who might not know, I think we've kind of covered this a little bit already, but could you explain a little bit more about who Atomic and Hope and Glory are and a bit more about what your roles have been in delivering Remember Charity Week this year and how that works? Um, so if we go to Atomic first, please. Yeah. Um, so essentially, as I say, we've worked for such a long time with Remember Charity and it kind of falls into the same sort of planning process and sort of development and then executional process. But we kind of start around the end of end of the year, kind of September, October time, from a planning and a strategic perspective. We reflect on everything that's worked well in the previous years. 
from a kind of creative communications perspective, both from a Remember Charity Week, but also from the, the members, uh, the charity members as well. Um, and we really think about how can we make it better next year, kind of from a strategic perspective, what needs to be changed, what's actually been working really well, we will absolutely want to keep. And it'd be great to talk about a few more of those things a bit later on. But um, so we go through this kind of um, quite a collaborative process with a member charity team. And we all agree about what is the direction of travel from a kind of creative communications perspective for the next year. Um, and it has kind of evolved over the years, how we approach it, but we're always kind of working up to this big week, which everyone gets really excited about. And we've we sort of tried to extend it a little bit this year um, so that it's not just all kind of concentrated into one week. Um, but essentially, you know, it's, it's a really big bang um, next week, which we're all really sort of super excited about. And that kind of happens towards the end of the year. And then we move into the creative development um, process, which I guess kind of happens around sort of March, April time which leads us to develop our creative vehicle for a member of charity. And again, and for the member charities themselves, because this year actually they're, they're different, um, which leads to us kind of executing and delivering all in time for kind of around the end of July, ready for a member of charity week in September. Yeah, I think a lot of um, members don't appreciate how long the whole process takes that as soon as one week ends, we start planning for the next year it takes so much time and effort goes into the the strategy and the thinking up front and and whilst the members get to see you at our quarterly forums every sort of few months I think you know we see each other every single week that you know there's so much going on behind the scenes constantly and so much time and effort goes in so um so yeah thank you again <laughs> yeah. I mean because it's, it's it's so good we get so much input from from the member charities as yeah. well which is really kind of critical to making sure we're always optimizing so that's it's a really kind of valued part of the process but you know obviously there is so many members as well so it's just kind of bringing all that thinking together and all those comments and making sure we're delivering you know the, the best outcome essentially for everyone involved is obviously does take time but um hopefully to a positive positive outcome absolutely yeah and Rachel can you explain a bit more about the role of PR yep um so very similar to atomic you know strategy is very important to us what we've realized over the past few years that a very effective strategy is having talents and an ambassador to represent us um so we've worked with the wonderful Len Goodman who were and with it's his fourth year um, and we're very much aware you know with timings remember of charity week it's in September and media very much like to have a news hook as well as remember of charity week so you know Strictly Come Dancing um, is absolutely massive in the UK lots of Strictly lovers and Len is an absolutely fantastic hook that you know media want to talk to him so it's really great to be able to offer Len to talk about Strictly but also open up and discuss about remember of charity week as well which is fantastic and as part of that as well, it's very much pitching Glenn, you know, we'll include him in our press release, um, but it's pitching him to broadcast, for example. So broadcast, we very much appreciate is a very important outlets for our target audience. So getting him in, on, you know, primetime TV, getting him on um, radio sta stations is also very important. Um, also getting interviews with national media, so print online, which is great. So we've had the Sunday Times, for example, which is really, really wonderful. Um, so that's kind of the talent side of things. Um, and then there's the releases. So, you know, media are very much used to getting press releases through. So we have two releases that we do. We have our news release. So that's very much grounded in hard data from Smee and Ford. And we kind of kick off the week with that. 
And then we also have a second release in the week to kind of keep momentum going, which focuses more on consumer research. Um, but it's very much kind of keeping that momentum going, targeting different media, which is very important. Um, and of course, creating a toolkit for members to be involved. So, you know, as pulling together a document and different, you know, templates for, you know, letters to editors. I mean, you all know this, um, which is fantastic, but just to, you know, for you to make the most of the week itself and get involved, which we really love seeing. Yeah, I think something that we often hear from members is that there's so many different strands of the campaign and, and they all need to work in harmony. But I think sometimes um, there's a bit of confusion over, so we've got the one boards over here, we've got a member campaign over here and like what role does Len Goodman play in this? And I think part of that is, is us um, trying to explain the role of broadcast and it's not enough to go to the Times, for example, and say, you know, can you write a piece about the Wombles? Like they, there are certain hooks that are really valuable to them and having Len as the wonderful spokesperson that he is. And like you said, the timing of Strictly is really, really valuable for gaining that coverage, um, particularly in broadcast, which I think we would be unable to do without talent. Um, so yeah, that's the role that that plays, I think. Um, yeah, understanding the different elements and how they all work together and how they all come together is really important. Um, thank you. So before I move on to the next questions, I just wanted to give a quick summary of this year's campaign uh, beyond what you guys have just said. So remember Charity Week is intended for charities to have more conversations about gifts and wills, both internally with their colleagues and with their supporters. So the aim of the week is to raise awareness and understanding around legacies with the ultimate aim of encouraging more people to consider including a gift in their will to charity. So as touched upon, we created a campaign for our members this year, which kept things really, really simple, but with a very strong legacy ask. So the creative uses a really striking visual, which literally asks the question, will you? and members could then personalize those assets with their own copy and imagery, which relates to their cause and highlights the difference that a gift could make. Uh, for example, will you help us save lives at sea or will you help us support those with cancer? So, so that's the campaign that we've created to help our members have more legacy conversations. But at Remember Charity, our overarching role is to grow the entire market and reach more people beyond those on our members' databases, for example. So alongside that member campaign, we are once again bringing back the Wombles, who you probably saw last year. And remember, a charity are running a standalone Facebook campaign, which will help reach millions more people to increase awareness and understanding further and to help plant that seed of consideration. And we know that the Wombles are a perfect fit for this audience because the animation combines nostalgia, humor, and emotion. And I can tell you from experience that the theme tune will be stuck in your head for days, if not weeks. <laughs> um, so basically all of this activity is then supported by the work of Hope and Glory, as Rachel said, in securing us coverage in consumer media and broadcast, which is hugely valuable and influential um, with the lovely Len Goodman being our spokesperson. Um, and he's always brilliant at landing that perfect message. So that is a very brief in a nutshell uh, summary of what the campaign is this year. Um, but moving on to our next question. So what would you say have been the biggest challenges and or opportunities in creating this year's campaign? Um, so if I can pose that to Atomic first. 
Yeah, I mean, for obvious reasons, the last kind of 16, 18 months have been challenging for all kinds of people up and down the country and indeed across the world. But, um, you know, any activity by a charity has faced various uh, challenges associated with that. Um, so, you know, we've done what we can uh, here to kind of optimise all of the work that we've produced. And looking at the work that was produced last year with the Wombles, um, I know James and yourself, Lucinda, have been working with the social team to to look at what was uh, great as part of that and then iterate it and optimise that Facebook campaign. So, you know, optimising it to ensure that, you know, it's going to work as powerfully as possible uh, now across all the social channels, with particular Facebook, um, but primarily to optimise the engagement from all the, all the respondents and, and, and viewers of that, of that content. Um, and, you know, in, in terms of the market share work, um, I think the opportunity rather than the challenge was kind of mixed. I mean, the challenge is, is the member charities range from um, quite small charities through to much larger charities. And obviously the audiences uh, change as well. So the challenge has always been to create work that resonates with all of those uh, charities and in, indeed their supporters. Um, so the challenge for us is to, to create that creative, but listening to all the charities' feedback is extremely important year on year, because without it, um, we would never evolve, uh, and, and ultimately the charities would never use that, use that work as much as they could. So we've listened to the previous year's feedback, uh, taken those comments on board, uh, and, and developed a creative execution which allows the flexibility and personalisation. The personalisation is a big um, piece of feedback. So whether it's uh, whether it's about the imagery or whether it's about the messaging or brand colours, etc., that they they wanted to the members wanted to use them in their channels and it reflected them as opposed to just generic work. So that was a challenge uh, to start with. And then the will you part of it is having a message that is emotive enough, regardless of your charities. We said you know, whether it's saving lives at seas or people in palliative care or animal charities or, or museums is trying to find an overarching campaign that works. And, and we, we came up with the Will You campaign very much so that it was, yes, it obviously plays on the, on, on the will, but it, it, it acts both as a will you uh, save lives at sea or, or also as a bit of a, a telling headline, which is save lives at sea, um, to try and get people to really consider the difference that leaving a gift in the will um, can make to those charities. Um, and, and, and to us, seeing it come to life with all the different charities on board, uh, I think we've seen a 50% increase this year. There's over 140 charities who've taken that uh, work and it's all been personally adapted um, to their causes, which is, which is fantastic. So, you know, 140 charities doing on average six pieces of collateral. We've got, you know, more or less 900 or so pieces of collateral done across the board. Um, and, you know, we're really excited to see all of that come to life, uh, obviously next week for a member of Charity Week, or, or indeed, um, you know, longer than that. Again, another piece of feedback from, from a lot of the member charities was, yes, we can have work during a member of Charity Week, but having a bonus that we can use at any time of the year um, is also important. And we appreciate that every charity's calendar activity may differ from, from one another, depending on their size and, and other work. So hopefully that the charities are able to use this and, uh, you know, throughout the year as, as well as a member of Charity Week. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it goes without saying that this has been no small task. As you say, hundreds of pieces of artwork have been have been made for our members. And I think just picking up on the, the challenges you mentioned, I think towards the beginning of this year, we were trying to come up with a creative solution that responded to, to the feedback of, of our members and, and what they needed. And there are quite a few almost opposing requirements. So it had to be very simple, but it had to be striking. There had to be a strong legacy ask. It had to be personalized. It had to be able to include imagery because as you say, Andy, all of our members, there's a huge scope of sizes, of causes, um, and you know, trying to create a not one size fits all, but a campaign that works for everyone is incredibly challenging. But I think we really nailed it this year and the feedback from our members has been has been lovely. I mean, you've been talking to to many of them and some of the comments have been have been brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to get feedback in real time. And it's one thing sending a survey afterwards to get the feedback for the following year, which obviously we, we're always grateful to receive. Nothing's ever perfect. But yeah, a lot of the charities have, have responded in real time with their assets. And, you know, everyone who, who works towards it, both at RAC, Hope and Glory and, and with Atomic, you know, it's always nice to, to, to get that as, as you go along. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a long journey, but yeah, can't wait to see everyone using the assets. And as you say, they've been created deliberately with longevity in mind, so there are no dates attached, so they can be used for for yeah the whole year and beyond. <laughs> and Rachel, over to you. Were there any particular challenges or opportunities from a PR perspective? Yes, um, we'll kick off with some challenges and then we'll watch the nicer ones. Um, so I think one of the biggest challenges we always face is with talents and that's why you know we've talked about kind of a lead time we always like to make sure they have plenty of time to kind of find out who our talent is I mean you know we've been really lucky um, to be working with a wonderful Len um, for four years running which is absolutely fantastic you know he's a wonderful spokesperson and he's really passionate about the week which is wonderful um, but you know we're always looking to see you know who else we can work with and you know in terms of diversity and other things, you know, which is very important to us as a member of charity. So I think in terms of talent, it's getting a balance of lots of different components. So someone who appeals to our target audience, um, someone who appeals to a variety of different members, which we've discussed, um, someone who's newsworthy and has a news hook, so that time of year, um, and also availability. I mean, you know, we've seen that the world has opened up a lot more now. And I guess when we've approached different talents, um, a lot of them have busy schedules all of a sudden. So it's just kind of factoring all these different things. Um, and I think also echoing Andy, kind of thinking about the year that we've had in COVID and the impact that it's had on charities. Um, you know, it's affected also the world of journalism and the news agenda. So this has been a struggle that we've had um, throughout the whole year. And um, essentially it's very much kind of been an ongoing thing, but you know, which is helping right now. Um, oops, sorry, listen. <laughs> My cat has been attacking a fly, which is behind my laptop. <laughs> oh, the fly is a recording podcast. That's the charm. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, COVID has very much affected the world of journalism and the news agenda. Um, and that also involves journalist capacity. So, you know, for example, when we're pitching interviews to journalists, it's how much time they have to be able to conduct them. Um, so lots of impacts there. But at the same time, there's also been lots of opportunities um, so, for example, with COVID, there's been an ongoing conversation about charities and, you know, us wanting to help charities. So that's something that we can um, discuss more. Also with talents. So, 
like I said, the world is opening up now. People want to talk about positive things and not just the negative associations of COVID. So people want to have some warmth back in their lives. And also, you know, we've got some fantastic Smean for data this year as well, um, which really helps with our news release that we go out with. So, you know, for some journalists, they really want the hard data. And we've got, you know, some fantastic stats. So, you know, a million legacies have been left in the past decade, which is wonderful. So it really helps us in terms of getting media attention. Yeah, brilliant. And um, sorry for that crash earlier. <laughs> my yeah. cat is diving across the room to catch a fly and knocked over my water bottle. <laughs> that was what that crash was. Um, yeah, the, the joys of recording from home. Um, yeah, just wanted to pick up on, on the challenges of talent. I remember over the past few years, we'll often have some target talent in mind to be perfect um, for our target demographic for time of year. But then when we reach, reach out to them, they often already have a connection with one particular challenge and um, charity, sorry. So that's often the challenge, trying to find talent who aren't already attached to a particular charity because naturally, you know, they, ha they have their own obligations. But, um, um, but I think, yeah, as always, Len absolutely, you know, nails it every day, every year. He's, he's brilliant. So, so yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, moving on to the next question. So when it comes to reaching our target demographic, um, so that's usually age 55 upwards, um, that sort of key will writing stage of life, um, whilst we don't want to try and, you know, put them all in the same uh, group, because, you know, 55 year olds are very different from a 75 year old. Um, but with that, with that in mind, are there any marketing insights that you can share? And um, Atomic, I will um, come to you first. Yeah, I mean, I think as we've already touched on talking about the Wombles, you know, from research over the years, um, you know, through focus groups, workshops, surveys, et cetera, we, you know, we identified nostalgia as being particularly effective um, with this demographic, um, but also particularly effective in breaking down cultural taboos or awkwardness in talking about uh, leaving, leaving legacies in, in wills. Uh, it's why the previous campaigns you know, have always featured popular nostalgic elements um, primarily from popular culture obviously including the wombles of most most recent time um, but moving into next year it's something that we would look at again um, and ensure that you know through research and feedback that indeed is still is still uh, relevant um, but it, it it's been no it's no surprise uh, over the last kind of 18 months or so that it's been a large drive from, from charities uh, migrating more so on, on digital platforms uh, and having those re having the reach and conversations indeed through their own digital channels. So from a marketing perspective, we would expect uh, the strategy for uh, 2022 to be, again, evolving far more around the digital and social uh, channels. And, and that means extending beyond traditional charity or member website and, um, and social channel they use, primarily Facebook and, and other platforms as well. And we talk about, as you mentioned, this in a kind of demographic 50, 55 or so. And surprisingly, having spoken to TikTok on a number of occasions in the last year, the, the perception of the, of the platform such as that is that it's a very youth generated um, content based platform where indeed yes it is absolutely but there is also a large demographic in this catchment area who are also using um, those platforms and other platforms that are, are ever evolving so looking at ways in which um, it's a far more digitally focused 
um, outputs potentially uh, through the strategy uh, next year is, is, is really, really uh, important for us. Um, and alongside that, I think in, in certain news stories over the last two years and beyond, there's been uh, quite a focus on inclusivity within work that every company um, produces and particularly advertising. Um, again, putting in at the very brief stage, um, looking at environmental impact, but also looking at in terms of inclusivity and accessibility of the work that we generate has, has become really important in, in, for all of our clients' work and, and no doubt will, will prove to be an important part of the, the RAC brief um, for next year as well. Um, it's obviously top agenda for, for many member charities as well, but I think expanding that across all charities and all the work that we produce is, is, is vitally important. So more inclusive and accessible design uh, and more digital, uh, socially based design for the future for the key takeouts. Brilliant, thank you. It's interesting what you said about TikTok, because every time we talk about the key target audience, I am um, I tend to think about my dad <laughs> and he probably has no idea what TikTok is, but I cannot get him off Facebook. <laughs> he is fully addicted and he, you know, will pick up his smartphone constantly. I think it like, basically lives in his hand. You know, the, last, um, the last 16 months and 18 months have really um, changed, I think, the way that people are obviously using different devices, different platforms, the way that people ordering stuff, ex um, experience things, watching things, there's so much has changed that, you know, it would be churlish not to be trying to get as much information uh, around that as possible to, to make sure that we're fit for purpose for 2022. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, how some of these platforms develop. Because um, yeah. I think from a charity's perspective in terms of innovation and, and for some charities, obviously their target audience a little bit younger. Um, but yeah, it'd be really interesting to see uh, how that grows in future years. Um, so moving on to the next question and focusing more on PR, um, how can charities utilize and maximize some of the PR coverage that we'll gain this year? So um, perhaps particularly in terms of the broadcast coverage that we might achieve? Yeah. Um, so we very much strongly encourage members to repost any coverage that they want to on their social media. Um, so, you know, for example, we've got Good Morning Britain scheduled on Monday. Um, so, you know, if they want to repost that on their social channels, we've also shared an image of Len, so as well, just kind of posting about that. But just really shouting about it as much as they want to. I mean, you know, they have our contact details um, in, the, uh, in the PR um, toolkit so if they have any questions about drafting any content we're more than happy to answer those but yeah just reposting essentially um, will be absolutely fantastic. Yeah I remember I think last year uh, when Len Goodman was on this morning and sometimes just those sort of snippets can can be reposted and reused throughout the year I think one of one of our members um, posted it you know in sort of winter time and it's still got the same amount of traction as the first time round. So some of this content can live on beyond the week itself. And just having that recognizable face of Len putting it on your social channels, you know, it's it's one of those things which is 
I, I mean, I hate this term, but it's thumb stopping. If, if one of your supporters is scrolling through and then they suddenly see a face they recognise, if, if they're a fan of Len, they might stop and listen to him talking about how important it is to, to think about including charity in your will. And that is just so invaluable. So yeah, I think keep an eye out on, on, uh, on our social channels and we will, as Remember Charity, we will post any coverage that we get and please feel free to, to repost. But then as Rachel said, yeah, contact Open Glory if you've got any more queries. Um, so moving on to the last question, um, if there was one thing a charity could do to maximize the week, what would it be? Um, Atomic, I'm gonna pick on you with this one. <laughs> um, I, get, I think for us, and I think this has probably been the most positive shift this year is really having the Will You campaign and, and it kind of having that flexibility. And you know, I think we've seen quite a significant uplift in the member charities, you know, taking on this creative and, and personalizing it and using it. And I think my kind of um, request, if you like, would be to continue using it beyond the week. You know, it, ha it has been designed uh, for longevity. Um, it has been designed to be personalized and therefore really kind of um, optimized for each charity as they want to use it. And I think um, it would be great if that could be continued outside of the week um, so that those sort of continued ongoing conversations can be had around leaving a gift in the world for the charities. That's a great one. Thank you. And <laughs> um, Rachel, what about you? Um, I think primarily what we've just discussed is just making the use of social and reposting. I know that we've shared the letters to editors templates and you know, news release templates as well, which is absolutely fantastic, but it's just kind of making use of all those tools, um, posting on social, keeping your eyes on what member of charity, posting on social, reposting, um, but yeah. Yeah, great. I think from, from our perspective, um, just think of this as the week it's your perfect excuse to just be as loud as possible about legacies like just talk about it whenever and wherever you can because supporters want to know how they can help you supporters want to know what more they can do to, to help the cause because it's important to them and it's and gifts and wills are just a wonderful way of of you know it's a it's a statement about who you are as a person and it's such a emotive personal thing but it's also there's a practical side to it. So I think, yeah, make it, make the most of it. It's a huge opportunity and um, go for it. And, and yeah, and hopefully you will reap the rewards in years to come. Um, which I think measurement is probably a whole other topic we can talk about <laughs> in another podcast. Um, but yeah, that's it for the questions. Um, thank you everyone for all your time and expertise today and more importantly a huge thank you to all of you on behalf of our members for helping us deliver such a brilliant member charity week campaign this year and um, we couldn't do it without you and if anyone listening has enjoyed the episode or have any further questions about anything we've spoken about please email us at remember charity um, and our email address is info at rememberacharity.org.uk and I'm more than happy to pass on any questions to Atomic or Hope and Glory. And as always, if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in the future, or if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please do get in touch. And thank you again for listening and have a brilliant Remember a Charity Week. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>